Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and everyone, hello and everyone, hello everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi and I am your host and yeah, um, I'm getting really good at re-recording full episodes of this podcast. Uh, the last one, I was about as fun as a wet blanket and uh, I know that's a really lame term, but uh, yeah, it was not good. It, I, it, I bored myself with the podcast. So this time I'm going to try and be a little bit more energetic and a little bit, um, less boring. Uh, I have a cold. I don't know if you can tell last night I went to record this podcast. Um, and by 10:30, my voice was pretty much shot. It sounded like a teenager's voice mixed with Marge Simpson's sisters. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a good, um, it wasn't a good sound. It would have been really annoying and gravelly. Not like my current voice isn't annoying. Anyway, so yeah. So um, I hope everybody enjoyed last week with Sierra. The um, I was told that I didn't explain who Sierra was. And maybe we, because we did a lot of episodes or a lot of failed trials, I guess. So maybe we didn't explain. Sierra is like our daughter. She came to live with us, with us since she was... 12 when she was 12 and um now she's 22 so um yeah we're kind of like her parents so anyway she's our niece in all the reality but i love that kid very much and you can tell she is uh, very funny and very smart and i have a lot of fun recording with her so that was a treat for me and i hope it wasn't too terribly um awkward for everybody else we we had a good time and lots of stupid inside jokes which makes that difficult um so things that i like uh, there's a show on netflix it's called salt fat acid heat it's all about food and how different cultures use those four elements in their food so i highly suggest the host is great the people that she talks to are great um, it's very well shot. The music and the sound is great. It's just a really lovely show, so I highly suggest checking it out. I enjoyed it. I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Um, without you, it would be much more difficult to do the show, so thank you very much. And you keep me honest. You make me want to do the show every single week, even if I don't quite feel like it. 
I am beholden to you, friends. Um, let's see here. We do have a contest that we're going to do, so hold on. We're going to do that at the end of the show. Now, I have some family stuff that I have to do. So this show is going to be a little quicker um, than normal, which means that it'll be the goal of 20 minutes. That's what the last uh, pretend show that I did was for this very same episode. So, um, yeah, we'll look around 20 minutes. So Simon Alvarez from Tesserati, this is the first Kill the Bits story. Tesla filed a trademark for Tesla Kila, which um, Elon on his April Fool's, Fool's joke, uh, had Tesla Kila in his uh, picture where he was drunk and uh, the company was going out of business. But the product filing is described as distilled agave liquor or distilled blue agave liquor or and. So it looks like there might be two. Uh, I don't know much about tequila. Uh, this is something that I'd really like to give away, honestly, but because it's alcohol. I don't know who I'm giving it to, so it's unlikely. So maybe I'll give away a gift card for the exact amount, and you guys can go buy your own Tesla Kila. Um, next up, Jay Taylor from Teslarati. The Musk Foundation has donated $480,000 to schools in Flint, Michigan, to purchase ultraviolet water filtration systems. Uh, if you don't know, Flint's Michigan, excuse me, Flint. Flint's water, their drinking water, was contaminated when lead from lead pipes leached into the drinking water. So that's bad. Uh, Six to 12,000 children have been exposed to the contaminated water. So um, this will make sure that schools in that area get good, clinking, good, clean drinking water, filtered drinking water. Kind of on the same subject, the Musk Foundation also donated uh, Chromebooks to the Woodland Park Academy, which is a charter school k through eight in grand blanc michigan and it how they they teach about 400 students there so um elon and the musk foundation being very generous generous in the flint area okay next up steve hanley of clean technica so tesla speeding up the gigafactory in china in response to the potential trade war between the u.s and china um they are, they've already increased the price of Tesla cars in China by 20% to cover the higher tariffs. The Chinese EV market is very strong. Um, in the past, we've talked about how a lot of auto manufacturers are pushing their EV vehicles in China first, and then they'll go to the rest of the world later. It usually goes China, Europe, and then, you know, some at some point, the United States. So... Um, Tesla's really feeling the, the the bite. They need to be very competitive in China, obviously. It costs 55 to 60% more to manufacture a car in the U.S. than it does in China. So the sooner Tesla can get that up and running, the better for them. Um, it is worth noting that Tesla said that only the Model Y and the Model 3 will be manufactured in that facility. Um, but maybe they're also... They're also going to manufacture batteries, so maybe the Model S and Model X that get shipped over there, maybe those batteries get put in at the Gigafactory, and that way it saves money on um, shipping and that kind of thing. I don't know anything about international shipping, so I might just be blowing smoke here. Um, But obviously, the sooner they start building vehicles in China, the sooner they can be competitive with the automobile 
other auto manufacturers, the sooner that they can start making money because the Chinese market is huge. This next story is from Reuters. So if you live in the United States and you want to buy a Tesla and you want that full $7,500 tax credit, you need to order your vehicle by October 15th. Otherwise, you are not going to get access to that tax credit. Um, Moving on, Fred Lambert from Electric. John Barrasso, a Republican senator in Wyoming, has introduced a new bill that will affect potential EV owners or excuse me, potential EV buyers. The bill proposes repealing the $7,500 tax credit and introduces a new federal highway user fee, which is effectively a tax on alternative fuel vehicles. Meanwhile, so that's in the Senate. Meanwhile, in Congress, which is in the other house, um, Congress is trying to remove the 200,000 vehicle limit and replace that with a time limit. So... Um, Two branches of the government doing two different things. Not super surprising. But at first I thought this bill was really stupid. And I was like, that's stupid. This guy's stupid. This whole situation's stupid. But then as as I thought about it and as I read more about it, I still think it's stupid. However, it does bring up a problem that needs to be solved. In the United States, a a lot of the highway projects are paid for by a federal tax on fuel. So if electric cars are not paying the tax, the fuel tax, then we're not going to be able to have as many highway projects. And that's, that has a whole ramification that, that affects a whole lot of people all the way down the line because these projects bring, um, they, they create jobs. They are, um, well, I'm not going to go through all that stuff because I barely know what I'm talking about here. Anyway, it's really important. Uh, that these highway projects keep going for no other reason than we want high rate highways that are um, in good condition and that you know we can actually drive on and there are some highways in the United States sections that are not fantastic um, even now so if these EV company or if these EV cars are not paying their share um, then that's, that is a problem. But how do you fix that? I don't know, but I don't think this is the way necessarily. Um, also Senator Barrazzo, according to OpenSecrets.org, the oil and gas industry is, um, one of his top contributors, uh, second only to securities and investment. Not that I'm saying that he's in bed with these folks, but they definitely have his ear more than, say, the average person in Wyoming would have his ear. So definitely a problem that needs to be solved. Um, Another thing is a lot of uh, states, to make this up, are charging more when you register your car. So they're charging more, um, and then they use that to cover their highway projects and road projects. Um, If that happens, and uh, it would make sense that the government, the federal government would just, the state would charge their part when you renew your car registration and the federal government would charge theirs and then you're done. But who knows? I'm sure that there's some, I'm sure there's a better way, but let's move on. Fred Lambert of Electric Bollinger Motors, who I, I really like Bollinger, they have announced their all electric B2 pickup truck. So we've talked about Bollinger quite a bit in the past. Their B1 kind of looks like a Jeep. 
it, it reminds me of a Jeep Land Rover and Land Cruiser kind of all rolled into one. It's very um, blocky, but it's a really beautiful vehicle. The B2 looks a lot like the B1, but it has a truck bed on the back. So if you want, go to BollingerMotors.com. They have a reservation if you're interested in doing that, but you can also see the vehicles and uh, kind of get a better idea as to what they look like. But from what I understand, I read an article a while ago that the owner of the company, Bollinger, uh, I can't remember his first name, he wanted a vehicle. He owns a farm in like upstate New York. So he wanted a vehicle that he could use on that farm, like an actual working truck instead of a truck that... You know, somebody throws the back, the ladder in the back and goes, hey, I'm, I'm, this is a working truck. He wants one that will actually work and be electric. This final one in the kilobit section is from Reuters. So climate change scientists um, would like countries to get more aggressive about curbing climate change. Um, the scientists claim that in as little as 50 years, the world will look completely different than it does now and uh, not for the better. I've talked about this some last week, and this is an environment. This isn't a, an environmental podcast, and there's a bunch of other people out there that would be uh, more appropriate to get your information from, um, just because uh, it's not something that's in my wheelhouse. But it is worth mentioning. I know that uh, Dale does. One of our listeners does a podcast on Anchor called "Making Tracks in the Climate Report." Uh, it's worth maybe checking out. Um, I did look to see if he had an episode on this. He didn't. And I don't want to put pressure on you, Dale. But uh, this seems like something that's in your wheelhouse. And uh, you would be much better explaining than I would. Okay, let's get to the news section here. Um, so, Clean Technica, Joshua Hill. 40% of China's coal power plants are losing money, according to Carbon Tracker. Now, who's Carbon Tracker? I didn't know this, but they are an independent financial think tank. They used satellite imagery and black magic, otherwise known as machine learning, to measure the coal output based on uh, these this combination, this unholy combination of, of math and, and science. I'm not really... At first, I was really skeptical, and I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do this story just based on that. Uh, but... In the U.S. and the Europe, where the, and, and in Europe, excuse me, where they can actually verify their numbers, they were ninety-one percent accurate in the U.S. and ninety-two percent accurate in Europe. So that's pretty darn impressive, if you ask me. Um, according to the report, it would actually be cheaper for cheaper long term to build wind farms and solar arrays and close the the coal plants. Carbon Tracker thinks that the coal plant owners would actually save $389 billion just by closing the plants and implementing those other changes. This is pretty significant. Uh, this next article, kind of in the same vein, is Clean Technica Joshua Hill. And according to the International Renewable Energy Agency, they have a new report saying that uh, Egypt has the potential to generate 53% of its energy from renewable sources. And it could save up to $900 million a year. Now they have to spend some money to get to the point of saving $900 million a year. Right now, their budget for renewable energy is $2.5 billion, and they'd have to raise that to $6.5 billion a year, which is a pretty significant increase um, to get to that point. But once they're there, 
um, eventually that money, they'll start to earn that money back with the savings of $900 million a year. And overall, uh, that's a positive for Egypt. And I think this was this report was at some conference in Cairo. Um, but just to be clear, Egypt has not agreed to do any of this stuff. It was just a, a recommendation that the a, this agency put together at a talk. So it's it's not news, but it or excuse me, it is news. It's not going to happen for sure, but it is interesting, I think. And this other clean technical story by Kyle Field. This is our last one, and it's kind of follow up. Uh, we talked a couple months ago about how. Um, in Chernobyl, they're putting these huge um, monolith arch structures over parts of the nuclear power plant that melted down there in 1986 to block a lot of the radiation. Um, and in that, when we talked about that, uh, one of the things that they proposed or that they were going to do, I can't remember if it was for sure or not, is add uh, solar panels to this area and you use it to power um neighboring areas to Chernobyl and that's exactly what they're going to do they're going to put a one megawatt solar park in uh, and around the Chernobyl area Um, so if you don't know Chernobyl because some people might be young enough not to know Chernobyl um, the disaster occurred on April 26 1986 when one of the um, I think it was one of the cooling towers melted down um, anyway, it's one of the worst nuclear meltdowns in history still after 32 years. Uh, much of the area is still not habitable for people long term. So it's, it's you know pretty scary in that area. And it looks, if you watch, you can watch a ton of documentaries on Chernobyl. It's really interesting. But if you look at the area, it looks like it was a very pretty, um, very pretty area. And it still is. It's just you can't go in there and, and hang out. Because, you know, radiation. Anyway, the installation is going to include 3,800 panels, and that will power, like I said, the surrounding area of Chernobyl. Uh, the project's going to cost $1.2 million. It didn't say if that was Ukrainian currency, which I looked up how to say this, and I was not, um, I was not successful in being able to pronounce their currency, so I'm not going to try, or U.S. dollars. So it's either... The 1.2 million is either in Ukrainian currency or U.S. dollars. So, mm-hmm. and the I'm not going to pronounce the chief, chief executive of Solar Chernobyl's name either because uh, last podcast I just butchered it and made myself look like an idiot. Um, but he says it's not just another solar power plant. It's really hard to under. It's really hard to underestimate the symbolism of this particular project. And I would say that that is true. So if you know anything about Chernobyl and you know anything about the nuclear meltdown and what it caused, like when I was in 1986, I was 12. Um, at that, at this time, I think I was 11, maybe in sixth grade. And uh, anything that happened in Russia seemed to be, at least to my little uh, 11 or elementary school life, anything that Russia did was magnified because we were so close. Now, despite what Sarah Palin says, I was not able to see Russia from my house. And even if I stood on my roof, I still couldn't see it. Uh, But it still was close enough that uh, there was a connection for me as a young person 
to Russia just because there were so many, um, we were so close. And then there were also, um, you know, there were little Russian villages. We had Russian Orthodox churches. So there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, uh, I want to say crossover, but I know that isn't the right word. Um, I was exposed to a lot of, uh, Russian culture or more than any other culture, I guess, when I was young. So we had little Russian villages and things like that. So anyway, um, I thought that was an interesting story and a nice rebirth of Chernobyl. And hopefully, you know, over the next 100,000 years, that place will rebuild itself and we'll still be around to see it. But let's stop talking about that. Let's talk about the contest. So I'm going to pull up my sheet here. There are seven of you that entered the contest. James, Mark, Nate, Cameron, Don, Dale, and Rob. So I'm going to go ahead and go to Google. I've got a random number generator here, one through seven. And I'm going to hit generate. And the answer is number four, who is Cameron. So Cameron, you have won uh, the mug. But like almost every time I do this, I want to give away more than just one. So I'm going to give away two. And I just decided this when I was recording the last episode. So we're going to give away two here. So the next one, we're going to go to generate. And we get six, which is Dale. So Cameron and Dale, you have won a SpaceX mug. I only have one, so I'm going to have to order the other one from SpaceX. But I'll get all this stuff done on Monday, and I hope everybody has a great week. Um, sorry to everybody else who didn't win, but we will uh, have another contest around Christmas time. So you're always welcome to enter that. And let's see how we're going to go to the theme music to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope this episode was, it felt better than the last one. So hopefully you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, have a wonderful week, everybody. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.